Welcome to Relevance for Today, a show where you will be encouraged, inspired, and fed through the Word of God. You will find relevant teachings, tips, discussions, interviews, and more for both believers and even non-believers who are considering salvation through Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey folks, Steve Lewis, Relevance for today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. And this is a special episode. We've got an amazing young man on with us today with an amazing ministry and organization and club that he's a part of that he founded. His name is Max Pasatino. I've known this young man now for over 23 years. What a blessing. He's like a son to our family. He's a family member to us. So it's a blessing to have him on the show. Max is out of Colorado, married to his amazing wife since 2019. Hannah, he loves her a lot. He has also been blessed with an amazing three-year-old son named Maverick. And he's also the brother of Pastor Jamie Hargett, which I've had on the show before out of Nebraska. You folks know him. Max is an amazing young man. I don't want to brag him up too much, but he's an amazing young man. And uh, it's a blessing to have him on the show. He's the founder of Mile High Square Body, and we are going to get into that here in a second. But Max, welcome to the show. Steve, thank you so much for the kind words, man. Uh, it's wonderful. I really do consider it an honor to be a part of the podcast today and just uh, happy to be talking to you guys this morning, man. Yes. And the cool part is Max is running errands. He's out actually collecting checks from donations from donors because we're going to be talking about something amazing that he's been doing now. This is their fifth annual Mile High Square Body Square Up for the Season food drive for Thanksgiving, and it's going to be powerful. But Max, I want to start off by saying, did I leave out anything? Anything else you want to share about yourself before we start talking about your club? No, I'll just put it out there. Uh, just a God-fearing, hard-working American man that wants to see a better community for me and my neighbors, and that's that's kind of why we're here talking today. That's awesome, man. That's powerful. If we had more people in every country that had that same attitude, the world would be a different world, wouldn't it? I agree with that, man. That's kind of what we're trying to invoke, and we're we're trying to light that little flame, and hopefully a big gust of wind comes up and carries it across the world, <laughs> and before you know it, we're, we've got a wildfire of just communities helping each other and sharing love and compassion. Yes, because that's what it's about. It's about the love. Okay, so you're the founder of Mile High Square Body. Tell us what that's all about. What I have so far is the group is for people who share a common passion for square body Chevys and GMCs. So fill us in. Yep. So it all kind of evolved. Um, I had a Dodge Ram pickup. I lent it to my cousin. He needed to move some stuff. Uh, young kid ran a stop sign, T-boned the truck, and it got trashed. Mm. So for the first time in my life, I was in the market with a, a decent amount of money coming from an insurance company. And I could actually kind of be a little bit choosy about the vehicle I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I was looking around at a handful of vehicles and I came across the 1975 Chevy K10 pickup. That oh, was wow. four wheel drive step side. And I just had a heartthrob. <laughs> it was everything that reminded me of my youth. It was everything that reminded me of the working class. When I grew up, it was just a classic piece of American history that I thought I wanted and I needed to have. Nice. So I made the purchase, uh, long story short, the owner wasn't completely transparent about all of the work the truck needed. So I got to go down the rabbit hole on a lot of different things that I hadn't known about the truck. And I did well. I, I learned that these vehicles were designed for people like me mm. at that time in that era. Um, the working man could fix his own truck and that yes. was, they, they designed it for such. So it was something that, you know, I was a little bit mechanically inclined, but by no means was I a technician. I was, I was a, arborist it you know i was i cut trees for a living mm -hmm. i worked on a little bit of stuff but this truck i could work on so i fell in love with it i started working on it and working on it and uh got it running got it driving and everything was great and then i had this vision kind of a dream 
where I wanted to see like 20 of these trucks in a parking lot. Mm. And so I scoured the internet and I scoured, you know, social media. I was trying to figure it out and there wasn't much offered in Colorado. So at that point, um, I had gotten another truck and a blazer. And at this point, before I knew it, I had three square bodies. <laughs> and I looked over to my beautiful wife and at that point we weren't married yet. So we, she, she was probably just my girlfriend or fiance. And I said, you know, sweetheart, I'd, I'd like to start a truck club. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of guys out here that I know they have the hard to find parts. There's a lot of guys out here that know different things. Yeah. Me, for example, I went through the whole fuel system and electrical system on the charging, figured all that out, carburetor, a couple other things. So I had that knowledge. I had done all that work, but I didn't necessarily know about other aspects of the vehicle. And I knew other people did. So I wanted to create a network where people could share parts, people could share information. We could all keep our trucks on the road. Nice. And if it ended up, you know, progressing and more trucks were on the road, maybe I could fulfill that vision of 20 beat up old trucks. <laughs> and uh, it just kind of started small. I asked, you know, hey, do you mind if we start this? And she supported me 100%. She backed me up. Wasn't a question about it in her mind. She said, if you want to do it, I support you. Let's do it. And she goes, I know you don't ever do anything. Um, you know, halfway is mm -hmm. the way I'll say that, that that wasn't her words. But this was halfway. <laughs> and so she knew if I was going to do it, I was going to give it my all. And she wanted to see a dream of mine come through. So as a beautiful partner in my life, she decided to make my dream, her dream. And she gave it all the support I could ask for. That's awesome. And we started this little club and it kind of blew up. Honestly. Um, it was, it was, a pleasant surprise to see how many people in Colorado had had these square bodies, mm -hmm. how many people were craving meat and getting to know other people. They were looking for information. They were looking for parts. They were looking just, just to get their truck back on the road and go have a good time with people that were a similar mindset and trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And it was, it was something that, you know, even on my days that I feel like maybe mile high square body isn't all I had dreamed it would be. Anytime I get a little discouraged like that, God sends a, a messenger my way. Nice. And I'll get a message from one of the guys in the group just randomly out of left field that says, hey, man, I love your group. I, I try to make it to as many meets as I can. I don't comment a lot on the social media pages for the group, but. I watch all of it and I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. Wow. We all appreciate it. And we all, we all support it. Keep doing the good work. And so that's awesome. It, it, it really was for me. It was something that I was able to set out a dream just as a vision in my mind and make it into a reality. And mm -hmm. then it's one thing to make a dream into a reality, but to have other people support and back your dream yeah. and try to spread that word for you is a completely different experience in itself. It's mm -hmm. something that I think every person deserves to experience in their life because it's, it's very rewarding and gratifying and it, it holds a lot of responsibility. You want to make sure you're doing the right things and you're, you're being the right person. Yeah. Because a lot of people are watching and they're looking up and they're relying on you. Mm -hmm. And so being able to get all of this established um, was just part of it. It was fun. It just kind of, you know, we'll start a little truck club, then we'll start a little social media. And then before I knew it, I had new friends that, you know, this was about six years ago the club started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of these guys are, are like family to us. Maverick calls them uncles and aunts. Wow. That's and awesome. it's, it was a godsend for me because it wasn't just like, oh, cool. I've, I started this automotive network for older Chevy and GMs. It was like, if I needed help, I had a friend that would stop what he's doing. Yeah. Come right over, give me a hand and have my back. And we built a, we built a brotherhood and I'm that kind of person. If you need something from me, it could be 
you know, 40 degrees outside. <laughs> I see a guy without a shirt. I'll take my shirt off if I'm driving in the car with the heater on and give it to him. Nice. I don't care. People need help sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a tough world as a giver because you try to fix everybody else's problems. You oh, want to help yeah. as much as you can constantly, but you drain a lot of yourself and giving to other people. Mm-hmm. So when I was able to build an inner circle of people that just give freely to one another, it was like a whole new family had yeah. created just off of this idea of a couple trucks. That's awesome. And the fact that I'm looking at your page right now, Mile High Square Body on Facebook, folks, uh, you've got 8,841 members. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's a big group. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. Um, and a lot of the guys that are local, it's wonderful just hanging out with them and experiencing, you know, some of these events that we do together, going to the car shows, working on each other's trucks spending you know saturdays at my storage yard selling parts to guys off the groups and you know fixing something on a buddy's truck it's it's a lot of good memories i i'm gonna look back one day when i can't do as much as i used to be able to and i'm gonna say you know that was that was what i needed in my life at the time and i'm thankful that it was there yeah now you said the part store so do you have your own business as well incorporated in this so Mile High Square Body started just as, you know, a small truck club. Then we turned it into a big Facebook page. Um, I was doing arboriculture for a lot of years, since like 2008. Yeah, I remember. I won't mention any names, but about two years ago, the company I had been working for for roughly about 12 years, I, I just wasn't seeing the amount of money for the amount of effort and time I was putting in. Right. The salary wasn't great. Um, I had to open up and close down shop every day. So I wasn't seeing my wife or my son. Mm. And I made a decision that I'm only going to get one go round in this life. Yeah. And if anybody's going to be able to make the life that I want for myself, it's me. It's mm-hmm. solely up to me. So if I'm going to make my priorities right and, and what's going to make me feel right with my priorities not anybody else, because that's the hardest part. Everybody else, oh, your priorities are right. Go to work every day and make, make money and pay your bills. That's the American way. And it's like, okay, I understand that, but that's that's not the most important thing to me in my life. Right. The most important thing to me in my life is my son and my wife. And yes. I'm having to put them on the back burner and put somebody else first. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel bad every day. Terrible. Mm. And I couldn't deal with it anymore. My conscience was eating at me, eating at me, eating at me. Well, on the weekends, I was constantly doing side work, landscaping, stump grinding, um, decking, fencing, and I was selling Chevy trucks and Chevy truck parts. So then even on the weekends, to make that extra revenue, I wasn't seeing my family that much. Right. So it became too much. I said, enough's enough. I'm going to quit. I started an LLC called Multiple Profession Enterprises, Mm -hmm. which is full exterior renovation company. Okay. And then I put Mile High Square Body as a DBA with my LLC, which stands for doing business as. Yes. So that way both could be filed under the same entity, the same EIN tax information. Mm -hmm. And I could end up locking in that dream that I created just as a small truck club to now be something that I own and a part of a business. Nice. So I do try to sell a considerable amount of trucks and parts if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, everything just sort of depends on the the timing. Um, sometimes I'll get a truck in that was getting ready to go to the junkyard and it didn't have a title and the frames cracked and the motor doesn't run. But I'll give the guy $500 for the truck instead of the junkyard's offer of $200. Mm-hmm. He gets $300 more and he's happy. Yeah. I'm able to pull enough parts out of that truck that I can give everybody the parts they need discounted nice. cheaper than just about everybody else. Yeah. And I can still end up turning a little bit of profit off of it at the same time. Nice. So the guy in the beginning gets extra payout. All the people that are the consumers purchasing get a discounted rate, which is better for them. 
And then I make a little bit of money for groceries at the end of the month, which is awesome for me and my family. <laughs> yes. I need to do something that I'm passionate about. Yes. That's what's awesome about it. Doing what you love. And so speaking of love, the food drive. So part of the Mile High Square Body organization is they reach out to the community. They've been doing this for five years, and we want to highlight that on this podcast episode. The fact that you're doing a food drive. Tell us how that all started. So at uh, that time, I had been running the truck club for about a year. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it, it was something that I didn't anticipate to get as big and as, as quickly as it did. And once it did, we did a couple different meets and there was like, you know, 15 trucks, 20 trucks out of these meets. And I thought to myself, holy smokes, I did it. My short term goal was succeeded. I didn't Mm. think I was going to get to this point, but I have. So don't stay in idle. Don't become stagnant with it. What's the next move here, man? What are we going to do with this? People are listening to you. People are following you and supporting you. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with that quote unquote power, if you will? And I thought to myself, we give back to the community. Nice. That's a hundred percent what we do. That's what I like to do. That's what I try to do. Mm-hmm. So if I've got 15 people that want to listen to me and do what I'm doing, well, what better influence would it be than to say, Hey guys, let's give back to the community. Yeah. So we were doing a job, um, while I was doing my arboriculture gig and there was a food bank in that, in that plaza, that business district. So I talked with them a little bit and decided, you know, let's set up a food drive. And the Friday before Thanksgiving, generally the food banks empty out into the school systems, which I love. I support a hundred percent. And I think that the kids need it. I think yeah. the parents need it too. Yeah. But that leaves everybody kind of empty handed that we're going to the banks that Monday through Thursday before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, as much as I love the kids, they're not in school. They're on Thanksgiving break. What about the people that need to eat right now? Yeah. And I got the truck club together and I said, guys, I want to do a food drive. And they said, awesome, let's do it. So we put together our first little square up for the season meet. And we had maybe, I don't know, 10 or 12 trucks out there. Mm-hmm. And just in the 10 or 12 trucks that showed up, the local guys that, you know, were the, the core member of the club, we had an entire suburban pack full of food. And <laughs> wow. I was just astonished at how many people had really stepped up to the plate. Yeah, and It was just a small group of us, man, maybe 20 people tops. And we had enough food in there to feed 60 people, 80 people. Nice. And so I thought, I can't believe it. This is incredible. We did the donation, set it up again for the next year, worked out great. We got more donations that had come in from even the year prior. We had a little bit more people in attendance. And I thought to myself, this is, this is working. This is kind of taken off. And I, at that point, I had had so much food that I had a whole pickup bed load full to the top of the bed rail and the entire truck cab full from the floorboard up to the dash and all the way over where it was just enough room for me to get in the truck and drive it. Wow. And I thought, we need to get a little bit bigger on this. We need some (laughs) help with this. Yes. And so I reached out to an organization here called Community Table Food Bank. Mm -hmm. And when I looked through the organizations that I wanted to pick, who I wanted to partner with, they stuck out to me because they do a lot of extra programs. It's not just a food bank. They do programs for assisted living. They do programs for financial assistance. They do programs for... families to learn how to finance just financial programs so that way a family that's in debt can learn how to budget correctly learn how to take advantage of some of the grants that are offered Mm -hmm. in the state and get their family out of debt and then they use those tools to maintain that status of staying out of debt so that their family can live a happier life nice and they do showers and hygiene products and just so many of these great things for the wow. community that I just, I had to say, you guys win. You guys are the people I want to work with. Yes, definitely. And it worked out tremendously. They donated 
a big box truck so I didn't have to drive my pickup truck full of food anymore. Nice. Just load it all into their box truck and pick it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was year number three that they were introduced. Okay. And we had a blast on the third annual. Um, the third annual, we had different car clubs. We had a lot of different auto enthusiasts. We made a big impact. It was a really good event. And that year, I think we raised 2,380 pounds worth of food. Wow. And we had $300 in cash donations. Nice. And I I don't mean to brag, but that was in about a four and a half hour period. What? That's impressive. (laughs) So we were stoked. Everything had been going great. The, you know, we had, when I started all this, And I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers for anybody out there that's listening, but it was during COVID. It was, Mm. you know, we we had kind of a good amount of scrutiny from our governor about people gathering, people meeting, social distancing. He was was really trying to crack down on even families gathering for Thanksgivings Mm -hmm. those first couple years that we did it. Um, And I decided... I'm not here to work for man. Yes. Unfortunately, I'm not going to obey man when it comes to this. We're here to do God's work. Yes. We're here to feed the people. We're here to to be able to make sure that other people have something that's going to be nourishing and fulfilling and give them joy. And Mm -hmm. that, to me, is bigger than one person or even a group of officials telling me that I can't meet with my friends and my family to do this work for God. Amen. So we went ahead and did it. And in all that, we were able to raise that amount of food. We didn't get any public attention. We didn't get shut down. Nobody, you know, decided (laughs) to call us in for it. Everybody was extraordinarily supportive. Nice. And I think that was, that was part of the goal. Part of the mission was everybody kind of saw it. Yeah, we might not have been following the rules, but we were we were following the the right rules. We were yes. doing the right thing for the right reason. And sometimes people, even if they believe in following the rules to a T, will turn the blind eye because sometimes doing the right thing trumps what the rule is. At that yes. Time. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Feeding people. So we we got into it um, into our fourth year, which was last year, mm-hmm. and it. It was discouraging. I'm not going to lie, Uncle Lou. I, we got about maybe 25 people that came out versus the 80 people the oh, year wow. before. Mm-hmm. We had about 1,380 pounds of food versus the 2,380 pounds of food the year before. Mm. And it's real easy for people to get discouraged, especially if it's something that you put a lot of your time and your effort and your heart into. Mm -hmm. Whenever you get a a very low outcome, it's it's burdensome. You almost feel like you didn't do enough or what did you do wrong? And that wasn't the case. The biggest thing that I tried to keep in mind through every day and the biggest thing that I tried to remind everyone of every day is we can only control so much Mm -hmm. and you cannot get upset about the things that are out of your control Yeah, because you're just going to stay upset. It's out of your control. So I thought to myself, I can't force people to come out here and give me food, man. I can't force people to see the big picture here. What can I do though? That's within my means. And I wasn't going to just say, you know, the food drive was a bust. We'll try again next year. That wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. No. And that, that wasn't going to suffice for me. So I decided this year, I'm going to go harder than I ever have. Nice. I'm going to reach out to businesses, to groups, to companies, and I'm going to fish for sponsors. Mm-hmm. And it worked. I, I called up tons and tons of people and I gave my spiel and I talked to businesses that I'd worked with over the years and businesses that friends had ran and businesses that had helped me out and I've helped them out. And before I knew it, it was turning and turning and turning and turning. And it was like the snowball effect. It was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my goodness. Awesome. This is actually working. Yeah. And we ended up landing 13 sponsors. Oh, wow. So with those 13 sponsors, 
I'm proud to say just doing a little bit of the math that I've calculated so far mm-hmm. without any of the public donations received yet. I'm confident that not only are we going to beat last year's goal, but we very well may be on the brink of beating our prior record just with the sponsorship donation. Nice. That's awesome. It's amazing, man. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, beautiful to be able to get people in on that because Mm -hmm. the day and age that we live in so many people are quick to turn a blind eye to their neighbor everybody has problems everybody's got issues yeah we all struggle bills Mm -hmm. raise every day yeah but in that we tend to forget you know what i mean we don't think about it everybody just sticks to themselves but if i asked anybody that's listening to this podcast to do one thing for me just right now It's to close your eyes and think about a time where you really needed help, Mm. where you just couldn't quite do it on your own. And somebody showed up and helped you. Yeah. Now think about that feeling and hold on to it for a minute. Then I want you to think about when somebody else that you care about was in trouble and they really needed help and couldn't do it on their own. And you stepped up to the plate and you helped them. How did that make the both of you feel? Yeah. That's powerful. It's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's extraordinarily powerful. I think the, the biggest high you could ever get in life on this planet is to give to somebody else, to put somebody else before you and to help them. Or when you're really in a low for somebody else to give you that same gratification and try to help you out and pick you up when you're down. Mm-hmm. And when you look back on the testimony, when Jesus walked the earth, it could have been very simple for him just to come and say, Hey, I'm the son of God. Take my word for it. Believe me, follow me. I am the way I am the light. He could have just done that. That's all he would have had to say. There was enough people in that era that that believed that just off of the word yeah. that he could have had enough following and he could have saved a ton of people. But that wasn't it. He didn't come here just to go sit with royalty mm-hmm. and feast amongst kings and to say, oh, I am the son of God. Come through me. I am the only way. No, that wasn't the purpose. Yeah. He came here and he sat with the sick. Yes. He healed them and he gave them word and he listened to their story. Fed and he healed them. their hearts. Yes. He fed the people. Mm-hmm. He sat with the people in hunger and took bread and, and turned water into wine and made something out of nothing yes. for the people. Yeah. And that is the whole point. When when Jesus came to earth, he gave us the views of salvation, mm. the way to live in salvation here on earth as he did while he was here on earth. Yeah. And then the way to get to salvation in the afterlife mm. through him and through his only begotten son. Yes. And that, in my opinion, is the biggest impact that has ever been given to us. That's the biggest gift that's been given to us. But now we're in this era where, it seems religion has taken over and faith has fallen to the wayside where yeah. it's more important about what kind of status you have. What did you wear to church today? How big is your church? Mm. Did you talk to your pastor directly? Oh man, that's awesome. You got to shake his hand when there was 5,000 people in your <laughs> church today and his beautiful wife had the most amazing pearls on. Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. Yep. You're right. That is, that is, a religion. And I understand, you know, there is religion with faith, obviously, but in the same instance, these people that go out and they, they do a good deed and then they go home and they just mark it off. I'm a good person. I'm a good Christian. Mm. I went to church today. I put my tithe into the plate. We're good. And then you go home <laughs> and you live, you know, a distraughtful life yes. filled with you live like the world or hatred for your neighbor yes. or impatience for your family members, lack of understanding and care for your children's problems because they they're creating a problem for you. Mm. And it's it's not the way that he had led by example. Right. And I think in my opinion 
I've said this time and time again over the years, and it's, I hope somebody puts it on my headstone, man. I really do. I would rather sit with the bums and eat crumbs than sit with the snakes and eat steaks. Wow, man, that's, that's a good saying. (laughs) I would, I would rather do it every day of the week. I like that. People that that are most honest, the people that have seen the hardships and the people that really do care usually the people that get kind of thrown to the wayside mm-hmm. and uh you know in my opinion the only way to find gratification in a good life is through jesus christ but once you do that you have to to stick with that you can't just say oh i found jesus christ and i know him you got to be a part of him man and he's yeah. got to be a part of you on a regular basis yeah. you got to be able to live it see the person that needs a little bit of help and show them the same compassion and love Jesus tried to give them. Mm-hmm. Preach and it, that's, man. That's where it all kind of started. I, I looked at it and I remembered, you know, I've been very fortunate in this life. I've been very blessed at this point. Honestly, I never thought I would get to where I'm at in my life. Mm. If, you know, when I was 11 years old, me and you were hanging out and doing fishing trips. Yeah. If I would have sat down and told you, hey, man, I'm going to be a successful adult with a well-rounded, <laughs> balanced life that's happy and healthy and has a beautiful wife and a son mm. and works for himself and tries to do work for the community. I never could have told you that because I never would have guessed it. I honestly didn't imagine I would get this far, let alone have the amazing life that I do. Mm. But you give faith and you understand that God's going to pick you up and carry you. There's going to be one set of footprints when it's necessary. Yes. But every time somebody's helped me, I've never forgotten it. Mm -hmm. Whether it be an individual walking this earth or Jesus. I count my blessings no matter where they come from. Amen. And in that instance, if you don't remember the people that helped you up, you won't care. But Mm -hmm. I always remember the people that helped me up. So I always care. And if you try to pay it forward, imagine if everybody that ever received a blessing in their life, everybody that had a prayer answered in Mm -hmm. their life decided I recognize that Jesus came, he gave me what I needed, he had my back, and he gave me ultimate support. I need to pay it forward to somebody in my community. Yes. Imagine what the world would be like exactly. if we did that. If every blessing we received from Jesus, we decided to pay forward to our neighbors. Mm-hmm. And that was who he was on this earth. Yep. He would go into certain villages and they would praise him and shower him with different foods and different wines and just a music in this, this big, huge event, almost like a parade Yeah. because the Messiah had come to their village. Yes. But he, he didn't, you know, shun it away. He would acknowledge it and thank them. But then he would find the people that were sitting alone in the alley that weren't invited or weren't excluded. You know, they weren't a part of the event. The people that, you know, oh, you guys are the outcasts. You guys can't be here when the Messiah comes. Mm. Go over to the other dark side of town. Yeah. He took all those foods and all those riches and all those wines, and he went and sat with the people that were excluded. Yeah, that's right. He paid it forward to the people that didn't have the luxury or the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so why not do that in life, you know? Yeah. If you get get a good blessing and, and you're living a good life, I haven't had to worry about where a meal comes from in a long time, man. Mm. And there was a time I did, but I'm at a point in my life I take that for granted now. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. So why not pass that blessing that I've received onto my fellow brother or sister in God? Amen. Yeah, I and love that's, that. That's our mission. We, yeah. we want to, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done in this mm-hmm. lifetime, what kind of mistakes you've made. You deserve to eat. Yes. I don't care. You deserve to eat. And for anybody to think that they are less than deserving to at least eat a meal mm. is, in my opinion, a, a slap in the face or a spit towards God creation. Yeah. Every man was created in his vision. So mm. for us to point one out and say he's not worthy yeah. is just 
going right up to the creator and saying, Hey, you did a bad job. Yes, that's like, right. Get real. None mm-hmm. of us are a bad job. We are all worthwhile. Yes. And we all deserve to feel that and to eat and to be able to be fed. And I think in my opinion, that's, that's one of the most selfless things you can do for another human being. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's one of the most powerful things you can do. Yeah. I've, I've sat at your table many a time for many <laughs> meals as a child and Anytime Aunt Barb would say, oh, I got his grilled cheese set up, ready to go, <laughs> boy, I felt special, I'll tell you, because she made it just for me, and she made it with a ton of love, and you could taste it in each bite, man. Yes. Good memories, man. Good memories. You know, I'm, I'm proud of you, just hearing you talk about this, because, you know, I ran a food pantry for 13 years, and just hearing your heart and... uh Someone said a while back, I was in a meeting and uh, the person was in Africa. I believe it was in Africa. And he said, the, uh, the greatest gift you can ever give is blessing someone who could never pay you back. That's what true yes. giving is. And I was like, wow, that was powerful. Yes, it is. But it all goes back to loving your neighbor, loving God, love your neighbor, spread that love, which is what you guys are doing with this food drive and everything. That's that's the whole point behind it. Not only that, but I want to make this event something that is a good time for people. I yeah. want it to kind of open eyes and be a reminder for people. Mm-hmm. When they leave, I want them to be on that spiritual high. Yeah, I want them to have a, a reconnection and and remember, you know. And that's part of it. Is is I was lucky enough to be blessed with good people in my life in extraordinarily tough times. Mm. And when I look back on it as an adult, we don't ever think about what it was like when we were a child, you know, shoot 30, 20, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Mm. It's hard to think back that far and remember it. But I can say right now, if I look back onto the little kid that was going to Wednesday night youth group (laughs) and I remember all the people that made it possible for us kids that didn't have a means to get to the youth group Mm. or a way to participate in the youth group because we just didn't have it. People stepped up to the plate and they brought us to the youth group and they let us receive that message Mm. and they showered us with love and they gave us food and they gave us a place to be that was positive in a, in a tough world and a tough time. Yeah. And if I thought about, well, what would the childhood me think about the adult me? Mm. Would he be happy with who I came out to be? Because your, your least amount of inhibitions and your biggest dreams happen when you're a child before the world really takes its toll on you. Yeah. Everything's possible when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. And as you become an adult, you realize where you kind of, you know, not necessarily give up, but you end up making do that some things aren't a reality and some things are, and it's easier just to live in the, the world that it is as an adult. Yeah. But if we all look back and asked ourselves is, is your inner child happy with your outer adult? Mm. I would like to think, yeah, I would like to think that we're, we're giving these people a good event. We're giving the kids something to come out to and enjoy where there's face painting and there's balloon animals and there's a lot of good people Yeah, that it's a safe environment and that we're all doing something good for other people. And we can give everyone in the community mm. somewhere to be and something to do that's productive and safe and enriching in everyone's lives. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think, you know, that was given to me as a child I think the inner child in me would be extraordinarily happy that the adult version of me hasn't forgotten that and that I'm, I'm trying to instill that for others <laughs> in my community as well. Yeah. And you're planting seeds. So you're planting the same seeds, like what you mentioned about what Barb and I did as well, where there's yes. going to be, they're going to remember these things and they're going to be looking forward to not just the November events, but the other events that you folks are going to have when you're doing fundraisers and things like that, because this isn't just going to be a, 
uh, Thanksgiving thing. I could see this growing no. and people getting yeah. involved well, more. And Planting that seed's a big part of it for me, too. Every yeah. year that we've had the box truck, so this will be year number three, for the last two years, I've put the kids, all of our friends and family's kids, into the box truck. So that way, they take the food from the person donating, oh, nice. take it all the way to the front of the truck, and stack it. Nice. So each kid inside that box truck starts with an empty truck, and by the end of it, they're done. They're tired. Mm. They can feel it in their arms. They've been lifting canned food and different bags of food all day long. Mm-hmm. But they look, and they can see right in front of them the work that they did. An yes. empty truck is now full, and they did it. Yeah. And I'm hoping that... It, it becomes a core memory for them. I'm hoping that they get that gratification. They understand it. And when they get to my point in life later on down the road, kind of like we're discussing now, you're in a, a pantry for 13 years yeah, and the next generation stepping in and trying mm-hmm. to make it a reality because we want to carry on that legacy. We want to carry that flame and we want to do the right thing. We don't forget where we come from and who we are. Yeah. And I want to give that to the next generation. That's awesome, man. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I'm proud of you. I appreciate it greatly, man. Yeah. I honestly didn't didn't anticipate to get this far. So when I did, I just I had to realize there's been a lot of blessings. And in my opinion, every time you get a blessing, you gotta bless somebody else to make it worth it. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a meal. You don't you don't go out to a restaurant and get a meal without leaving a tip. Yeah. So if my blessing is the meal. Then I've got to give out a tip. I got to give out a blessing to somebody else. Nice. You know what I mean? And and yeah. keep it rolling. You gotta and in my opinion, tithing in your church is wonderful. The church needs it, but tithing in your community is even better. Oh yeah. Well, you're reaching out to the people right there. The people you're reaching the people and you're taking care of the needs right then and there, which is powerful. And like you said, you know, when you said about planting the seed or when you go out and have a meal. You leave a tip. It's kind of like the guy that goes through the drive-through of a coffee shop or even McDonald's or whatever, and he gives them a hundred dollars and says, "Use this on the people behind me. Use yes. it. Use it till yes. it runs out." And that's so cool because one time there was like people got free coffee almost all day because then every once in a while, when someone would say, "Hey, your coffee's paid for already," then they'd say, "Well, pass it on here. Take a tip and give the rest to the next person," and they never ran out of money which was pretty yeah, awesome. And what a great way to start. You know what I mean? If everybody had just a small, minute blessing that made them feel cared about yeah. or of significance in the morning, it would start their day off wonderfully. I yeah. had, um, I had a lady at a gas station one morning about a year ago. She put all her stuff on the counter. I could tell it was her morning ritual. Mm. This was all the stuff she needed to get through her work day. She mm-hmm. had a couple snacks, she had a Gatorade. She had a little energy drink for the morning mm-hmm. and her card wouldn't go through. And I knew for a fact that that gas station <laughs> had a bad machine. Right. I went to that gas station regularly. The poor lady not only didn't get to get any of her items, but then she couldn't get fuel because the card reader didn't work inside and the pump card readers were down. Oh, wow. So I thought to myself, you know, <sighs> That's something that would make my day really crappy. That would just put me in a bad mood and mm. it would be so tough to get out of it the rest of the day that it would probably just hurt my whole day. I looked at what she had on the counter and I set my stuff down. I said, bring up the last tab. Here it is. Here's your $15. And I, I bag it up, bag it up quick, quick, quick. She's getting in her car. She's pulling out of the dread, the gas station away from the pump and I'm running out and I get in front of her car. She looks at me like I'm crazy. She's already <laughs> having a bad morning. <laughs> She's not having it. Now there's this random, crazy kind of bummy looking dude <laughs> running right out in front of her car. Like, Oh boy, what a great day this lady's having. <laughs> and I go up and I'm like, Hey, roll your window down. And she looks at me really weird and she kind of cracks it and she goes, how can I help you? And I said, I got all your stuff for you. And she gave me the strangest look and she rolled her window down. Mm. And I said, Hey, this is everything that you get for the day. I know it because I get 
very similar items. Yeah. And if you don't have this stuff to get through the day, it's going to make your whole day worse. You already had one bad run in with mm. this stupid machine. I know you have the money. I know this machine's bad. I had cash. I wanted you to have this so that way you can go about the rest of your day. Wow. Don't want you to have a bad day. I want you to have a good day. I'm sorry you couldn't get gas, but at least you can get the things you need to make it through work today. Mm. And it was like I gave that lady a $10,000 lottery <laughs> ticket. Yes. It was it was $14, $15 worth of snacks. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just we get so caught up in our own lives and our, our own in, inhibitions and what we have going on that we forget mm. what it's like you know, for other people to have a bad day yeah. and we forget what it's like for somebody to come in and, and change the whole scenario in a day by a Gatorade and a bag of chips and an energy <laughs> drink and a bottle of water. You know what I mean? Like yep. if that's all it took to give somebody a good day every day, I'd, I'd be 15 bucks out of pocket every single morning. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's all it takes, doesn't it? Compassion. Just a little love and compassion in my opinion, is is what the world needs the most, and that's yeah. at any given moment. Yep. Nope. You said a mouthful there for sure. So we're going to go ahead and let everybody know as we're wrapping up the show, we're going to go ahead and do the full advertisement for the food drive. So we're going to be doing our fifth annual food drive, and it's going to be Saturday, November 18th, mm -hmm. 2023. It's going to be between 10 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. Mountain Central Time. Okay. And we're going to have it at two different uh, addresses you can type in. One of them is 11707 Ralston Road, Arvada, Colorado, 80004. And Steve, you've also got that Dairy Queen Grill and Chill address on hand, don't you? Yes, it's 11631. West 64th Avenue, Arvada, Colorado. And then I've got your little spill here too, where it says this event is for everyone and anyone who can come. We're asking for food donations to fill food banks across the state before Thanksgiving. We believe everyone deserves a good meal and something to be thankful for. We intend to make it happen for as many of you as we can. We are also taking on sponsors for the event. Contact Max Passantino for details. You can reach him at 1-720-418-9582. And also, if you're out of state, if you're not in Colorado and you want to still make a donation, you can send a check to 6796 Claremont Street. That's C-L-E-R-M-O-N-T Street. And that's in Commerce City, C-O-M-M-E-R-C-E City. And that's in Colorado, 80022. This meet is for all builds, so all the different types of vehicles. And also they can be rare, cool ones, whatever, classics, low riders, rock crawlers, race cars and trucks, Euro, Japanese, mini bikes, go-karts, buses, anything cool. We want you to bring it out to the show and show it off. Come support the community and have an excellent time supporting a great cause. Did I leave anything out? No, that's it, man. And essentially, if the weather's bad, don't be discouraged. If if you wake up that morning and you guys are planning to attend the event and it's cold outside, you stay in your warm car, you hand me your donation out the window, I'll be standing there in my car hearts ready to load up and take food. Awesome. I'm going to be out there, rain or shine, we're going to be ready to take it. So. If you have a, a unique vehicle that you're really hoping to bring and you just can't bring it, that's not a big deal. We want you to come out one way or another. You could bring your Lamborghinis or your Chevrolet <laughs> and we'll be there ready with a big warm hug and a smile and a thank you for bringing a donation. Awesome. Man, that's going to be great. And what I'll do is I will also put out a post out there with some photos of your events and things like that and get that spread as well. And... In closing, I'm going to go ahead and pray, Max. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for this opportunity to reunite with Max and on the podcast and just sharing his heart, sharing about his club, his amazing family, and just life in general. I thank you for the conversation we had. I thank you for Max's heart, for his 
neighbor, to show love for his neighbor, just as your word says. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Max. I just bless him. Bless all those who are involved, from the children all the way up to the donors, all the part, all the uh, members of the organization, and so forth. Especially his wife and son, and all the friends and family, the entire Mile High Square Body group. As she just bless this event. May they get thousands of dollars and thousands of pounds of food to bless those in need, especially at a time like this. So we just thank you for this opportunity today. Blessings once again on Max and his family. In Jesus' precious holy name we pray. Amen. Hey, Jesus name. Amen. Yes. There you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Please do me a favor. Get in touch with Max. Make sure you get over and connect with the Mile High Square Body group over on Facebook. And uh, Max, you have anything else you want to say before we close? Yes, I do. For anybody that has heard this podcast and thinks this is a great ministry, it's a great idea. You want to get involved, but you're just, you know, a little too far or it might not be the right moment for you financially. There's no discretion out there that says I'm the only one that can do this. Mm. If you've got that fire in your heart, start it in your community. Put in the work in your community. Be another Max Passantino in your neighborhood, another Mile (laughs) High Square Body Club for your state. And you go out there and you help the people that need it. You can make a difference. It doesn't matter how small or how large. It just matters that we reach out to the people that are around us and try to help them and show them love and compassion. Mm. If you feel like you can make a difference, whatever means you have to make that difference, reach down, dig down, and go for it. I can tell you people will back you up and support you, and God will guide your mission. Just send it. You can do it. Yes. Hey, you hear him, folks. I tell you what, that's a commercial. Hey, good stuff, Max. Hey, thanks again uh, for sharing your stories. Thanks for sharing your heart. And uh, this is exciting, man. I'm looking forward to getting this edited today. And I'm going to go ahead and get it posted and spread it out there as far as I can. And uh, hey, thanks again for being on the show. Love and appreciate you, Max. I love you, man. It was a great honor, and it's been extraordinarily great talking to you, hearing your voice after a good series of years. Yes. Nothing skipped a beat, man. It's wonderful. (laughs) That's Um, awesome. We'll have to get something figured out and find a cool midpoint vacation somewhere between Colorado and Maine for us all to meet up and go do like a four-day weekend somewhere or something. Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, hey, I'm going to wrap this up. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode. I love and appreciate you all. Make sure you get connected with Max. Thanks again. Hey, God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Peace.